Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 44 of There's No Place Like Terra, Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we're going over season two, episode 21, 1969. Woo-hoo! And today we have a special guest who has an AKA for us. Amanda's back! Amanda's back! It's our second Woo-hoo! episode with Amanda, our favorite, even more of a Stargate outsider than Grace person. This is the greatest thing ever. It's fun. <laughs> but Amanda's got an AKA, right? I brought an AKA! Let's do it! Doctor Who! <laughs> I like it. Simple to the point, yep. gets the job done. Direct, clear. <laughs> this is I basically like Doctor Who. This is pretty Except much, not. Yeah. Except yep. it is. But it's oh. it is, but it's yeah. What if they'd like run into the doctor oh, sometime cool. and like, and they were like having this like little like, uh, you know, face off at like I'm not time traveling, <laughs> we're not time traveling either. And then suddenly we're not time traveling together. <laughs> I mean, I hate to jump ahead or something, but when she was sticking her thumb out, I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, the doctor's gonna fall. Oh, yeah. second, no. Can <laughs> I just say I would want one of so there's two different doctors I could see, and they're be having conversations with the two different people because. Because if it was Matt Smith, Doctor Who, sure, yes. then that conversation would be you have with Sam, and they would have like a major time travel technical stuff. Yeah. If it was David Tennant, then it would be with Jack, and they would just have a like a snark, snark off. off. A snark <laughs> off in multiple dialects. I am the snarkiest of all the snarkiest. Basically, I am the yeah. snarkiest of all the snark. Um, <laughs> so, before we start this, I don't think I have to. I think I emphasized this enough at the end of last episode. This is one of my favorite Stargate episodes, period. <laughs> it was a fun one. I love this episode. It was a fun one. It's pretty much the coolest. It's yeah. it's a great, I think it's a good standalone also. It's a great, which is why uh, we're like, hey, Amanda, if you're going to come over today, come over early and yeah. watch this episode. Watch this thing. Because it is a perfect self. <laughs> it's, it, again, like, um, what was the earlier episode that were like it's like blink um oh what was he the I blinkish just, episode i, I don't know blink, but this is another blink episode totally um it was the other one it was the one that was like this is ultimate of, of <laughs> i've just blanked it was the is other it one. holiday no it's not holiday it was not holiday is it fifth race no. Yes, it was it fifth, fifth race. race. It was fifth race. Done and done. Um, but this one, I think, is more blink than fifth race. Okay, I could do, yes, because absolutely. you need a little less backstory for this one. So the episode of fifth race gives us a little bit of like hope for our future as humans in this world that involves uh, other people. Yeah. So where it's like we could be one of the other great races in the mm. universes. But it's another one that's perfect like this because it has humor and it has drama and it has sad face acting. And yeah. Sad face acting. <laughs> and like it has all of the stuff combined. So, so totally. since we're talking about backstory yeah. um, or uh, needing to know something before yeah. the show starts, what yes. happened to her hand? I'm going to come that back. That will come okay. up. Yes. All right. All right. I actually had that because there's there's one of two options. It either is something we haven't seen or it was something we saw in a previous episode. Dun, okay. dun, dun. So. Anyways, this right. episode first aired on February 3rd, 1999. 
directed by Brad Wright, a name we know well, and directed by Charles Corell. Corell? Corell? Corell. Corell. Uh, he also, this is his last Stargate credit, but he also directed The Knox. Oh, cool. Actually, so. that's Corell. Coral. Sure. Coral. Double R-E. Anyway, yeah. uh, guest stars. Uh, Aaron Pearl plays the young Hammond, and hands down, he's awesome. He's got the great he, Hammond accent. He has Hammond down from the perfect, te- like, the perfect mix of, like, Texan, like, Appalachia accents to... <laughs> I love Texan Appalachia. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. They're, I do realize they're apart. No, I love it. But you can hear both of them in Hammond. <laughs> yeah, totally. They did a really good job casting. The, yeah. Here's the thing. I know Donna Savies is from Appalachia somewhere. I don't know where. But the, my backstory I've always given Hammond, whether it's true, whether they contradict in the show or not, is that he's from Texas, but he grew up in Appalachia, which is why his accent is that nice mix of both of them. Gotcha. Anyway. That makes sense. Texan Appalachia. The ex- I feel like that should be a beer. It is a beer. Oh, yeah. Actually, that should be a beer. Dang it, I totally felt that. Uh, One Texan Appalachian. <laughs> Even the way he, like, carries himself yeah. is Hammond, and yeah. it's just spot on. Um, he's been in a lot of other things. Uh, he was also just bit parts in, like, X-Men Last Stand. There's a second yes. X-Men movie, Rise of Superman. Um, and he's going to have another bit part in Stargate in a couple years. Right on. Um, nice. Zach, more young Hammond. More very young handsome Hammond. young man, I might he is, He's very... He reminds me a lot of... And I can show you this guy's photo later, right. and you will see it. He In this episode, he reminds me a lot of my grandfather. Oh, my He God. has a lot of the same look. You know, they were... He was... Um, my grandfather was in the Air Force a little bit earlier, but he has a lot of the same stature, the way he holds himself, and (laughs) that quiet demeanor type thing. Um, So going on to Alex Zariah, who played Michael, our hippie. Okay. Um, We have seen him before in Stargate. Really? He was Zales. He was the spirit. With the oh. weird, with the weird vagina face. Yeah, oh God. yeah, they yeah. have weird vagina <laughs> yeah. things on their faces. Yeah. I really do not want to know. No, you don't. You don't. don't. Yeah, no. um, but no, he was Zales. Yeah. He actually plays nine different characters throughout Stargate. Wow. Most of them are under are, mask or I was prosthetics. Say, are they all in prosthetics? Uh, I for think there's one other one where he's not, but most of them, yeah, are in mask or prosthetics. And he's another one of those actors who you who at least. I have fun. My friends have fun playing Spot the Vancouver actor <laughs> in all of these sci-fi shows and all the shows I that are filmed like in we Vancouver. Need flashcards among yeah. these people, and I can, or maybe we can catch up like Pokemon. <laughs> yes, Pokemon. which yes, some of us in the room, two of us are are playing a lot. I actually made up a song about my Psyduck named Ducky. All right, I, I may or may song. not have been late to this recording because there was a. a <laughs> there was a pokey stop on my way, and I had to pull over and catch a Pokemon. <laughs> I am the one person in this room who is not a Pokemon person. Welcome to not being cool anymore. <laughs> I know. I know. Or am I the coolest one in the room? Oh. It really just depends uh, on who you're talking to. Um, anyway, so the um, he's been in like just so many shows. Anything filmed in Vancouver, he's been in at some point. Um, and the one big thing that people may have seen him recently, which is what I've seen him in recently, and I didn't recognize him, I'll be honest, was he was Oliver Deals, Dales in Man in the High Castle. Oh, wow. Well, I have to finish watching the show to, to recognize yes. <laughs> To be fair, I have not finished the show either, but it is very enjoyable. It's very dark. I, I think I started it during finals and I went, my oh, brain can't yeah, do no. this. 
I haven't finished it not from interest. I have not finished it because I have a very short-term attention span. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What? We all laugh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And... I'm Glynis Davies, who plays young Catherine, it ends up coming back as a regular guest star when we finally get to Stargate Universe. Who's oh. Catherine? Um, she is the, the the person that Daniel and Sam visited and who was doing the horrible German accent. Yeah, I remember her, but yeah. who is she in the story? Because they were talking about she's the young lady being able yeah. to she is know, she's like, she like she's like the quote unquote kind of you can say the mother of the Stargate project. Basically her, her father dad found, the, found Stargate. the Stargate. Okay, and so they must have met at some point in the yes. future. They're, okay, so they're, that's what I was confused Catherine about. Why Daniel, it doesn't matter if they meet or not. Catherine is is why Daniel's involved in the Stargate. Yeah. And so they're kind of good friends. Also how how many languages does he speak? 70,000. <laughs> 32? Myself, yeah. 70 minutes. I think, yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> well, I mean, Elevation Klingon are two of them. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's someone else you can place about the Vancouver actor with, which nice. is nice. Nice. So we start the episode uh, with Sam doing something with the computers, and the rest of the team is just waiting mm-hmm. in the gate room. Um, she has to time the calculations right this time of the year. Something with solar and Daniel wasn't really paying attention. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I speak a lot of languages, though. <laughs> Which, by the way, I actually rolled my eyes at because it's like a really classic Daniel thing. To I know. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've seen this show twice. <laughs> <laughs> but I will uh, say that, the you know, the more we watch, the more I'm starting to relate to Daniel. And yep. I can see myself glazing over yep. at that. Like, yep. I want to. I want to be able to pay attention. <laughs> but, but I can't. I just went to adventure now, please. <laughs> um, but Sam says this time of the year, the direct line between P2X555 and Earth takes us within 70,000 miles of the sun. She has to update the computer's drift calculation to include gravitational spacetime warping. I roll. <laughs> and D- Jack's like, duh, we knew that. God. God. Snarky man. This, yep. so it's, it was basically like the conversation that Nixie and I have with our IT guy. And he yeah. starts talking and Nixie's like, these are things I know. And I'm like, you guys said math at me. This is all the man. Um, so they, she heads down to the gate room and Hammond stops her and asks how her hand is doing. It was cut. Yeah. And Hammond then it's gives her... It's a pretty her, awesome gash. It's a, it's a hell of a gash. Yeah, it's should have a looking. bandage. in there. I was like, that should have a bandage over it, otherwise yeah. we wouldn't be able to see the cut, though. That's, That's why um, I was asking about it. It's it actually device. looks really nasty. Yeah. It looks yeah. like <laughs> it was a part of whatever previous She's story. a very overzealous makeup artist. So, yeah. <laughs> so the question is, is, you know, last episode in One False Step, she does get cut in the hand with Daniel's um, knife when yes. the little alien guy takes That's it. True. But, and I guess we never actually saw the cut in that episode, but I had assumed it was in the palm somehow. Well, it's possible it was just, if yeah. it slipped, it could have slipped and got so, the outside of our hand. And that's what I'm saying. I think that they are saying that this has happened, this happened one false step, and this is the next mission two days later after Dig one it. false step. Yeah. And so, um, but Hammond sees the cut and he gives her a note and tells her to keep it in her pocket so they get to the other side. And yep. she confusingly just takes it and stuffs it in your pocket because when you're the general gives general you yeah. something, you just do it. Um, but yeah, that is a hell of a gash that's going to leave a mark. Okay. And it, I would say if we didn't have to clearly notice it, that would have had a bandage over it. Yeah. That's true. Um, well, it's a plot device. You can't hide. Well, maybe exactly. they took the Band-Aid off so it could, like, get crusty like your mom tells you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, but stop covering that thing. Like, <laughs> I can see you doing that while you're just hanging out at the SGC, but if you're going to an alien planet and you don't know what's there, that's you fair. might want to cover up your open yeah, wound. Yeah, you probably need to cover Yeah, that's true. But, they're but not... plot device. Yeah. yeah plot okay. device. Plot device. 
Um, So the gate dials up and they head through the gate while Hammond looks on with a bit more concern and worry in his face than usual, maybe. Uh, And they come through the gate into the gate room that's empty and then disappears. Yeah. And they're standing under the butt end of a Titan missile. by the way, was really good animation, I thought. Yeah. Considering (laughs) the time. I was like, wow, this is actually kind of cool looking. It's decent, yeah. Um... And (laughs) suddenly they hear over the intercom that there will be a test burn in 20 seconds. So the whole team starts scrambling to try to do whatever they can to stop it. Pressing every button, yelling abort, except for Teal, because he just stands there and looks up at the at the baller way. I'm a badass. He just slowly kind of stands there and raises his that gun. Threatening the thing that's gonna hurt. Staring it down. I dare you to burn me. And waits till the last possible second while everyone is huddled against the wall to fire his that gun at it. (laughs) And it just goes dead. And dead, yeah. Um, And so being. He's like, oh, this? We're we're worried about this? Here you go. I didn't realize you guys were worried about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to stand here. Oh, I got this. Yeah. Um, So I normally I would do more research and tell you more about the Titan (laughs) missile. There was a shit ton that we had fun researching in this episode. Oh, yeah. So the brief summary um, is uh, Titan missiles, Titan rockets have been around for a long time. The first one uh, was launched in 1958. The last one was launched in 2005, so they had, like, almost 50 years of use. So it's actually, it did launch, it was the rocket for a lot of intercontinental ballistic missiles and things like that, but they are very much loved by NASA because this is what launched all of the Gemini missions. And it oh, launched many, nice. many a satellites and probes and everything up into orbit and past orbit. Uh, so like that. NASA stops being NASA. Well, oh. NASA is still NASA. They're just just sad little NASA. slower NASA. to get on thing. Yes, NASA. <laughs> NASA is still up and NASA. running. <laughs> hey, we just put a probe around Jupiter. That's true. So that is pretty. We just impressive. sent his wife to him. Yes, yeah. we sent <laughs> his wife to. Jupiter. I love that meme. I don't know if you you've seen it. I'm I'm, I'm sure. I know. I it, so I have. It, but Amanda, I don't know if you have. So no. you know, in in the uh, is it Greek or Roman? I think they're Roman. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. Yes. So um, Roman Juno was. Jupiter's wife, and he had a bunch of lovers, and every moon yeah. that surrounds Jupiter has been named after. Oh my lovers. gosh, Jupiter's just being caught in an affair! <laughs> yes! 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 In all of the affairs. Bitch, I got you now! She's like, I'm here now, what? Yeah. Yes, that's the best well, yeah. ever! <laughs> so, so yeah. NASA, as sad as it might be, had a sense of humor. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then, cut to 90s credits. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we before we cut to credits, uh, the some retro airmen with guns come in and order them down to their knees. Then we come to credits. So as we come out of credits, the airmen are the one particular is pointedly asking them with the guns pointed at them how they got here, and Sam's like to Jack, we can't say anything. We're still in the gate room in Cheyenne Mountain. Don't say that out loud. And the guy's like, be quiet, threatens him with the gun. And Jack's like, can I be taken to your CO and not a holding room? And the guy just like knocks Jack out with the butt of his gun. <laughs> Which Jack yeah. then, for the rest of the episode, has a cut in his eyebrow, and I'm pretty sure that's just the same location of every eyebrow cut that he ever gets in this episode. Well, yeah. I, I yeah, will say, though, sense. that it kind of didn't even look like he was even hit. It, no. it was very it, poorly faked yeah. hit in the face. Was like, yeah, I, I actually laughed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's completely 
really loud. And boyfriend <laughs> Phil laughed a little bit. <laughs> so we see all of the team's gear, even down to Jack's sunglasses, spread on a table. And the sergeant has no clue what anything is, but he's been ordered to package everything up for transport and then forget he ever saw it. Um, and one guy looks a little familiar, maybe. Well, um, we, we linger on him a little yes. longer than you normally would on yes. an extra. And so my thought was... My other thought was is that they are benefiting from the fact that this is still SD transmission at this point. Because this sure. this had been HD, we would have been able to read his name tag. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. They do benefit from the fact that we can't tell what the hell yeah, that yeah. says. Yeah. Um, um, but he... Or that it existed in a time before people screen-grabbed things yes, and, and, and eyeballed them incessantly. <laughs> well, people still did. It just wasn't that's as true. Um But the, the lieutenant pulls a letter out of Sam's vest, and it says, help them with two dates with times next to them. Mm-hmm. So in the holding room, Sam is pretty sure they traveled back in time about 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam isn't really sure. Like, she... like. It's oh. weird now to think that... She says 30 years. Yeah. And and now, in the present, we're a, almost, you could say 50 years? Yeah, almost 50 it years. It's weird to think that the show is 50 years old, because I was just born, and I existed in the 90s as an adult, and I exist here as an adult. You mean t- almost there. 20 years old. That's true. Yeah. Yes. The show's but, not 50 years me, old. excuse me, I'm not. It feels like 50 years old by watching it. But the it. idea that <laughs> yeah. this made you yeah. feel all the feels about yeah. growing up. Okay, so interruption for a quick question. Yes. If you could go back in time, what one thing would you do? Oh, don't ask me Like that. that far back in time, what one thing oh, would you do? Oh, it would be watch the moon landing. Oh, oh it would be Okay, not literally that far. Like, that oh. far in terms of, like, long, further than the past 10 years. Like, if you could go back in time, like, 30, 40, 50 yeah, years ago. watch the moon landing. You would watch the moon landing. Oh, I would Total watch the moon nerd. landing. No, of course. Yeah, I'm a nerd, yes. Nerd. I would watch I'd the moon landing. <laughs> Mine would be, uh, it definitely definitely be something music-based. Uh-huh. But I don't know Woodstock? where. Well, no, see, Woodstock is good, but it's not my jam. Gotcha. I guess it would be fun to go to the Haight-Nashbury. Uh, I maybe like, I would just go, like, Woodstock's I think my I jam. would go hang yeah. out at City Lights. And like try okay. to run into the beat, uh, the beat writers. Gotcha. Oh, there's. I think I would just kind of like run around and do stuff. Yeah. No, I would go back to the summer of '69 because uh-huh. then I get to watch the moon landing because then I get to go to San Francisco summer of love and yeah. then I get to go to Woodstock. Yeah. Like I would be happy. Camper it's not right bad there. times, but there's a lot of. Um, I mean, I would love to see Bowie in his inception. Yes. Oh yeah. You Riding know, on early a tiger. Bowie. <laughs> or <laughs> even like um, even like or I would love to go um, a little bit late sooner closer to us yeah. in more recent history in like to the, the early 80s and go find Elvis Costello as like yes. a, a gawky kid starting out. Yes. And then you try to hit on him and take him on a date and yeah. then fall in love with him. I try to do that now. <laughs> when, I, when I got the opportunity to get an autograph from Elvis Costello and I was like, hello wrinkly old man, would you like to go on a date with me? <laughs> so you guys did really cool cultural things. I just wanted to shoot Hitler. <laughs> no, you are like you a know, human being I'm going to touch on that later when I talk about time time travel. Of like, what actually would be caused if you killed Hitler and how that would affect the, the course of history the past how many years? You have no clue if it could be, like... Obviously, the whole butterfly effect. Exactly. Obviously, a lot of good things would happen from it, but you don't know if, in retrospect, some bad or even worse things. I just love that this reflects how selfish (laughs) two of the people in this room are. Fuck it, I'm feeling better. And how aware (laughs) of humanity one of the people. Your question was, what (laughs) thing would you go back and watch? Not what you go back and do. Or do. Yeah. Finally. 
I would go back and I would go back and kick Buzz Aldrin out of the launch and then go with Neil Armstrong to the moon. Yes, Nixie moonwalking. So that way, I'm not affecting it. The first person on the moon is still the first person on the moon, Mm -hmm. and then it's me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I get a Disney character named after me. Then I dig it. Yeah. To infinity Aww, and beyond. Oh, I didn't realize style. that that was a thing. Oh my god, that's why is my life just now changing? You know, Buzz Aldrin is named after Buzz Aldrin. Of course it makes sense, but I never put the pieces together until it doesn't matter. right I mean, now. His name's freaking Buzz. Like, that's one of the most... The only more, to me, badass name you could get is Dick Army. Like, <laughs> which exists. Dick Army. <laughs> That's gonna be my new name when someone I don't want to talk to tries to talk to me. You are a Dick Army. Um, No, no, they're gonna ask me. I'll be like Dick Army. My name is Dick Army. Dick Army. My number is five five five. Go fuck yourself. Um, so, in the whole, like I said, Sam is, is, she's like, I don't really know what to say right now. And Jack's like, well, you can say you can get us home. And then this, none of this will have happened. And Janet gets excited, much like you just did, Amanda. And it's like, whoa, what if we could figure out how to time travel again? We could go visit Babylon or see the Great Wall of China being built because he's also a nerd. Um, yeah. Or go find Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might go very far back. Oh, I would prefer yeah. to go. Yeah. I would, I would go back to ancient Rome. Here's See how the, the pyramids were built, man. Like, you know, you know what back. I could do is you bring your you bring you empty out your savings account. Uh huh. You bring through a couple thousand dollars to the past, and then yeah, you bitch. own the world. Oh my true. god, yes, yep, that'd that's be true. true. Exchange it out for like gold or something like this, uh-huh. and like you just own the world. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to go to ancient Rome and and watch the gore that is the Colosseum I'll just, and then hate myself. I'll just it. kill Cleopatra <laughs> and then take her place. That works. Too. Yeah, that works. Um, but then you have to kill yourself with a snake. You know what? Listen, bitches got to do. What bitches gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> You're baller. You're baller. Yeah. So um, Teal's, nobody taking me out with me. <laughs> <laughs> and Teal's like, you know, they could also prevent regrettable events from history from ever occurring. And Sam's like, no, nope. that's exactly what we can't do because of the grandfather paradox. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go back and kill your grandfather, your father would never be born. I will and touch you, this in a second. And then you disappear. And, and then, then you reminds me of the episode of Futurama where they go back in time. Or, yeah. or, you know, find his grandfather. Back to the Future as a whole. Yeah, all oh, of that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. But Futurama. I like that Futurama episode. It is yeah, a great episode. And he basically is his own grandfather. He is his own grandfather. It's disgusting. Yep. It's yep. really disgusting. Oh, Fry. Anyways. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, if they change anything, they could change their own world in ways that they cannot imagine. Or the world that's altogether. True. The world altogether. Um, and, and, you know, even Teal'c, if they find Teal'c and discover Junior, like, they could find out the Gould threat here now in the late 60s, and they may never open the Stargate, in which case they never meet Teal'c, in which case he's still first prime. Sucks to be him. Yep. Uh, and he's like, they may have already old history just by being here. So now they have to limit things as much as possible. Damage control, destroy all their advanced weapons and tech, and not tell anyone who they are or where they're from. Yeah. And Jack points out that this is a top secret military facility. Anonymity does not go over big no. here. That That's... they just randomly showed up inside yes, of. Yes, exactly. So they're already enemy number one at this point. Yeah, exactly. 
And the guard walks in and comes over to Daniel and in Russian asks if they're Soviet spies, this in is- which Daniel responds with, yes. The this best is- part of the show. Yes, this, this is the best part of the show. This is absolutely my favorite part of the entire episode. As much fun as this whole episode is, this one part where it's like, you moron. You moron. You know who Daniel is at this point? It's like when you're like almost getting by, like you got caught doing yeah. something you weren't supposed to and you were almost fine. Mm-hmm. And there's that one friend who opens his mouth. Yeah. And then the Because parent, Daniel's Daniel. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. parent's like, wait, what? And like, <laughs> we were almost home free. We were almost home free. And you opened your fucking mouth. And so the guard orders Jack to follow them. And Jack, as he's walking out, just turns to Daniel and goes, yet? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> what the F? Um, oh, and awful. so... Here is my long, before we get into my second favorite scene, well, one of my other, I love every scene in this episode, but another good one. Here is my science according to Stargate for time travel. Alrighty. Oh my. Sit yourself in, guys. Okay. Um, Settled. So they use in this episode what I lovingly refer to as the Star Trek IV method of time travel. Okay. Slingshot yourself around the sun. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Although instead of slingshotting around the sun, like it, so when you slingshot around your sun in Star Trek IV, you pick up enough energy and that you slingshot through time, which is wonderfully insane and absolutely not based in basically any science known to mankind. Here they just kind of got deflected, I guess, like light through a prism and it deflected somehow 180 degrees back to Earth and somehow back through time. Don't question things. Just squint. Turn your heads to the side. No dreams now. Yeah. (laughs) So, but one way to, one theory of how to travel back in time is traveling faster than light. Okay. So, according to special relativity, you, if you could travel faster than light, then you would travel backwards in time. Okay. Um, But it would, the, the catch is that it requires an infinite amount of energy to jump that light, the, the speed barrier to go faster than light. Okay. Which is why, like, the the saying, like, nothing go faster than light, because there is not enough energy in the universe to jump to something up faster. to that mock speed to well, break and the light barrier. Well, even if there were, what would that do to a human body? That's a whole <laughs> other concern. Okay. My um, brain literally exploded. <laughs> But here's the catch. (laughs) Special relativity does not say that there can't be particles that travel faster than light at all times. Okay. They're just always traveling that speed. You just can't have something break into that 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 HOV lane. Right, right, right. Okay. Um so there's the idea that you can sort of fake faster than light travel by bending space. Okay. So if you think of space as like a flat piece of paper. Okay. And it takes however time it would take you to get from corner to corner. Right. But if you um, take that piece of paper and you fold it. Right. Then you could jump between it's the two shorter. points. And, and Yeah, it's shorter. So it's like if you found a shortcut as opposed to getting in that HOV line. Or a wormhole maybe. Sure. Oh. So there's actually a theory about time with that is that time is fluid in the sense that yes. it... it 
flexes. So you can yeah. sit in a room for 10 minutes and it feels like an entire day has passed by. Mm-hmm. But if you're moving and you're talking and you're enjoying somebody's company, yeah. you know, it, it's just a different yeah. time. is just different in those moments. And it's right. also the, the, that that's why it's a lot of times you hear it referred to as space time because space and time really are related. We're, completely. We're all stuck in LA traffic. You're stuck in LA traffic. Um, <laughs> but time traveling to the future <laughs> yeah. is actually really easy. Like, Time travel in the future, you can use, uh, like, velocity time dilation. You can use... We've talked about the twin paradox. Like, if your twin jumps in a spaceship and goes close to the speed of light, okay. when they come back, a fraction of time will have passed for them while many years have passed And that's, like, the Earth. thing that we were talking about with our twin exactly. astronaut guys. Exactly. Or you can use gravitational time dilation. Um, okay. Or something super basic. Go into hibernation or suspended animation. Like, like Fry in the does. Zone. Yes. That Fry in Super Yeah. Yes. In, in Futurama. And that is essentially future time travel because very little time has passed in your frame of reference. Yeah. But mo- a lot of time has passed externally. See, I think of the Twilight Zone episode, which even if you're not a Twilight Zone fan, if you happen to be a Gilmore Girls fan, you know the episode <laughs> because Rory talks about it. But there's an episode where she gets a rocket from Logan. Yes. And she doesn't know why. And she eventually remembers why. And it's because they watched this episode, an episode of Twilight Zone, which I've seen. It's great. Where this man is about to go into space for 50 years. Yes. Um, and he meets a woman like the day before uh-huh. and falls in love. Mm-hmm. And now he has to leave for 50 years. So um, what he does, because he's not going to see her for 50 yeah. years, is he pulls himself out of suspended animation so that when he comes back, he can be old and be with her. Yeah. But except she has put herself into suspended <laughs> animation and is young. So now he's this old fart, this young girl. And ultimately he wins and she gets stuck with an old guy. Yeah, <laughs> But it's very sweet. This idea that they were willing to wait for each other. Yeah. It's a long ass time. Yeah. <laughs> so Sam mentioned the grandfather paradox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, do you go back in time to kill your grandfather? For some reason, I don't know why you would kill your grandfather. Right. I, you I'm, know. I like my grandfather. But anyway. Fine. Uh, and therefore, you aren't born, and so there's no point to go back and kill him. This is all assuming, for example, you're killing your grandfather before he's had sex. Right. And your father is already at least a fetus, if not yeah. born. Yeah. He's more than just a twinkle in the man's eye. Exactly. Um, And so an alternative, actually, as you had the grand idea, is the Hitler paradox. If you go back and kill Hitler before he rises up, then history would change and essentially remove the need to go back in history and kill him. Ah. So it would create a time paradox. Oh. Yeah. So he would have never traveled into that Exactly. Time period to begin with. Mm-hmm. What? But so how would he, so he'd be killed but never killed. Yeah. Schrodinger's Hitler. Yep, Schrodinger's, <laughs> it's basically Schrodinger's Hitler, exactly. Oh. What? Uh, once again, my brain has <laughs> That one's um, tough, yeah. And That's like when I was little and they were trying to teach to me the idea of eternity. Yeah. And I was like, but when does it stop? They're like, no. No, it doesn't. But when? But, but when? But people die, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so... No. But this is really confusing. But well, it's yeah, it's you know, if you go back in time and kill Hitler, he no longer rises, and whatever events that have happened in the world that would cause you to want to have the desire to go back and kill Hitler would never have happened. Therefore, you would not have the idea to go back and kill Hitler. Therefore, he would not die. Therefore, he would rise up 
It's kind of like, I think... Um, I get it. Stephen King's <laughs> you crazy. Get it. You I get it. it. I get it. It's yes. crazy. It's insane. I feel like Stephen King touches on this. Okay. In his book, um, it's 11-22-63, I think. It's the date yeah. of JFK's assassination. There's a, the TV show there's on the, Hulu. That's right. There's yes. a TV show now. And it's the idea that this guy finds a way to go back in time. So mm-hmm. he, he, he asked one of his patrons, because he's a diner owner and he's yep. old, to go back in time. Because he's kill, been trying for his yeah, like, entire life. To stop the assassination of JFK. And uh, spoiler alert... At some point, he manages to do it. He comes back, and the world is, like, the the worst timeline. Yeah. Because this event that should have happened mm-hmm. didn't happen. And now everyone's like, who the fuck are you? Yep. The, you don't happen. Yeah. And everything's on fire. Yep. And then he has to go back and, and set it right again. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up. Well, because the thing, like, Hitler affected the world so greatly that you have absolutely no clue what like how that would change history it's the same yeah. thing with if 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 jfk didn't die he affected the world so right. much you have no clue what would happen if he continued to live That's okay it. so i think i get it so yes. this really bad guy existed in time and we if somebody were to go back and kill it none of the rallying af- around that yes. person to either get rid of them or stop the war or whatever yeah. happened yep. Like, none of that would have happened, so there's nothing to rally around, so therefore there's nothing to really care about, so therefore the world just goes in a completely different direction, and shit just hits the fan. Yeah, It could possibly. It's just the options are not open. Flowers and love could hit the fan, or shit could hit the fan. The problem is you don't know. You you basically don't have this one thing that created a timeline. Right. They created this timeline, this way that events would go. All right. The so alternate. I'm not traveling back in time. Well, Hitler, then. The alternate <laughs> of meet this. the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> the alternate of that is that it is not like that closed time loop. Sure. That it creates instead a parallel universe. Yeah. So in, in if you go back and Holy kill Hitler. Holy crap, I just understood how we get parallel universes. <laughs> it's one of the ways we get parallel universes. The concept of in... in one of the things that I have heard a lot with parallel universes is that there is an infinite amount of worlds and there is always a world in which you make the opposite decision of what you made. So if you go back and kill Hitler, your main timeline in which Hitler rises up Uh and, you know, fucks the world over continues. um, And there is now a parallel universe in which case Hitler was killed, and right. whatever would happen if Hitler didn't rise up then happened. Oh. So you have two so of them split off. Now, this is the episode of Futurama where the time paradox boxes exist. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is like Futurama. <laughs> this Futurama. Is Futurama. Futurama. No, that's shit. So <laughs> there, the, the other term uh, that you hear a lot with this kind of stuff is a casual loop, and this is the concept of what you do in the past, like, always happens. What okay. you do in the past causes the future that you come from. Sure. Like, no matter what happens in the past, that's what has always happened. Um, Got it's, it. There is the, there's a principle, it's the, I'm not going to pronounce this, but there's a self-consistency principle that states that um, when you go back in history, you are, you have, have always been part of history. I Not think. The cough. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> it's the the one that uh, there's a TV show and book going over Outlander very yes. much follows this principle. <gasps> Claire goes back in time. Uh-huh. She's trying to stop, you know, the the Jacobite uprising. She's yeah. trying to stop Culloden, but what she does has always happened. Got it. She can try to stop things all she but wants. But they happened. But what happens has always happened. Will always happen. So she always goes back in time. Got it. It's like 
Star Trek DS9 calls it the predestination paradox, and that's what I've always called it. It happened like in an episode it. called Tries and Tribulations, Predestination Paradox. <laughs> whatever you end up doing, whether you try or not, will always cause the future that you know. This is, yeah. It, it's we, we always got here because this is how... Exactly. Okay. So, like, so even, if you, even if I were to go back and kill Hitler... It well, would always be... In that case, you would never succeed in killing Hitler. You yeah. could go back and try, but, you know, it's... it's because that's just not the way time is meant because to Because exactly. it happened, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you can go back and try, and maybe there is some incident in that of, of someone who came close. There might be some story, I'm sure there is, of someone coming close and trying to assassinate Hitler, and they, they never know who did it. That would be this case. Yeah. The whole theory of the second shooter on the hill for JFK's assassination. Yeah. You know, that could be in some, you know, in some yeah. reality. That is a time traveler who someone saw didn't, yeah. was there or not, yeah, yeah, but yeah. never really knew what it was. <laughs> but it's always there in history as a question. Right. So. <gasps> that is my time travel oh. and paradox. <laughs> Mind-blowing. You are still with us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're going to go back to the episode now. Um, oh, yeah, there's a Stargate episode. There's a Stargate oh, yeah. episode. And one of my favorite scenes in the briefing room, Major Thornbird is interviewing Jack, and everyone is smoking inside the <laughs> underground military yeah. base with rockets. For, uh, yeah, we're waiting for, like, a secretary to come out yep. there and get smacked in the ass. Yeah, with some drinks. <laughs> yeah. With a drink cart. There's someone holding drinks. Yeah, just a little Basically Jessica Mad Men. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. I would also like to think that his name, Thornbird, is a reference to the Thunderbirds. <laughs> yeah, Remember this that. show with yeah. the, the yeah. Pub, yeah. That's what I'd like to think, but Yeah, probably. Jack says his name is Captain James T. Kirk of the Starship <laughs> Enterprise. Um, but his dog texts do say otherwise. He's like, Well, they're lying. Uh, Thornbird is impressed with his American accents. He's basically pretty sure they're all Russian spies. Yeah. Uh, Jack asks for an exact date and is ignored. Um, so, sure. Thornbird wants to know what kind of weaponry they used. What weapon? <laughs> He's like, it's hard to say. It's not a state secret or anything. It's just really hard no, to pronounce. No, really. I don't know how to say it. Ask <laughs> Chilk. Um, and they play back and forth for snark a while. Yeah. yeah. The they snark, play back and forth for a while. Thorn, uh, Thornbird, you know, threatens him with the CIA. And he's like... I keep wanting to call him Thornberry, like the wild Thornberry. Yes. I keep wanting to call him Thunderbird, so... <laughs> Um, Thunderberry Bird. <laughs> that sounds like a gross thing. Um, and Jack... Jack sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> okay, I'm dead, I'm dead. <laughs> he's like, he's like, fine, Bob. Can I call you Bob? <laughs> he's like playing as if Bob won. Yeah. He goes, I'll be honest with you. My name isn't Kirk. It's Skywalker. Yes. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I have a lightsaber. So the weapon is here's the thing. Star Trek was out by this time. Because sure. it premiered in 66. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't this huge hit like a lot of people think it was it was a sure. cult thing so there's a chance that this that this um this i forget if he's a major or a captain i think he's a major mm -hmm. has not heard of james tiberius kirk right. or the enterprise um at least that enterprise um because it just wasn't this huge thing now right. and star wars hasn't busted onto the scene yet because that comes out in 77 so here's my theory Yes. This person somehow meets George Lucas, like a young George Lucas, oh. and tells him a story about the random man that he met and that escaped him. And then his and name was his power, Luke Skywalker. And his name was Luke Skywalker. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that's that's my Luke story. Yeah. That's so how we Stargate get Luke created. Skywalker. Yep. Luke Skywalker. We're creating Star Wars. <laughs> 
So in the, back in 1999, uh, the team never made it to P2X555. Um, Hammond's like, well, SG-5 is going to complete their mission. Mm-hmm. SG-1's out there. I'm not going to go search for them. They'll find their way home because Hammond knows that this is one mission that they're on their own for. Sure. Um, because reasons. Yeah. Kaylee, I know. <laughs> it's exciting times. Um, She's like, touch me. Everybody touch me, damn it. <laughs> so back in 1969, they're on State Road 285 on their way to Albuquerque. Yeah. Which, yes, I checked. Uh, the it, There is an interstate that goes that way. I think it's 26. Um, yes. But they're... Uh, Sad that we know these. <laughs> I know. I know. But 285 okay. is a back route between Cheyenne Mountain and Albuquerque. Uh, I'm not sure where they're going on the way to Albuquerque. However, Roswell is also off 285 if you continue, (laughs) and I'd like that to be an inside joke. That can be a thing. Well, and I saw that sign, and I was like, this sign means things. Yeah. Why are we going to Mike's Leather Emporium? I know. (laughs) Like, I want to know more about Mike's Leather Emporium. Can somebody please tell me why we're going to Mike's Leather Emporium? (laughs) So in the back of the truck, they discuss how they have to escape, and Sam's like, well, we have to escape and then live the rest of our lives without affecting history. Jack's like, or? Sam's like, I'm not thinking of an or. Yeah. And they're like, no or? There's no an or. or. There's an or? <laughs> Sam's like, you can't just will something to happen it's because you God. want it to. Watch me. And Jack's yeah. like, where there's a will, there's an or. Yeah. And Tilt just knows that if he stays here, he's going to be taken over by his mature symbiote at some yeah. point. And that's when the, t- the truck blows a tire. Uh, and... You know, we see the lieutenant that we saw earlier says he'll go watch the prisoners while the other ones uh, change the tire. Mm-hmm. So the lieutenant gets in the back of the truck and shuts the door. He has arranged the flat tire, and before he decides what to do, what's on the note, he needs to know who they are and who gave them the note. Right. At this point, we can also read his name tag. Yes. Hammond. This is where we get excited. It's like, you did it. You gave us the note. Yep. And, um, <laughs> naughty, naughty man. <laughs> Sam, uh, Sam's like, starts to understand things now. Yeah. She's like, I'm Samantha Carter, and you gave me the note. Yeah. He, she explains to Jack that before they left, General Hammond gave her the note, um, and Lieutenant Hammond points out that it's addressed to him in his own handwriting. Yeah. And... There is something really weird about seeing your own... So, okay, yeah. so I was part of a thing, like a a work thing where they made us at the end of it we send a note to ourselves about stuff that we learned that yeah. week and then they mailed it to us like six months later oh geez and i was like why is my name written in my handwriting this is the most unnerving thing ever so yeah i can totally understand why he was freaked out just with the note itself because at first i was like nobody freaks out that much over yeah. just a freaking note but except yes yes you would <laughs> um and so, um, actually, I when I was in London, I went to this art gallery, and they had a stand where you could write a letter to yourself, and she would keep them for five years in a locked oh, box, wow. and then mail it back to you. Uh-huh. So, it's been probably close to five years. At some point, there will be a letter coming to my parents' house <laughs> that I sent from five years ago. That's, That's pretty cool. awesome. Time travel! Do you remember what you wrote? I wrote... I don't remember exactly. It wasn't overly long, but it was about how the fact that I'm in this art gallery in London and something else. I don't remember. Something green as people. Yes. I don't know. That's what I wrote. (laughs) Um, But Hammond's like, you know, in the episode, he's like, since helping you out is going to get me court-martialed, I kind of want to know why I'm going to be helping you out. And Sam's like, it's because it's your idea in 30 years from now. <laughs> He's not buying this. And he turns to go, but Dana's like, wait, 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 wait. We can prove this. I swear. Sure. He goes, what's the date? 
And Hammond goes, August 4th, 1969. He's like, so 1969. Well, the moon landing was just a couple yeah, weeks ago. No shit. He's like, yeah, the entire world knows about that. Yeah. But Jack points out that not many people know that Hammond watched it from his father's bedside in the hospital room two days after his first heart attack. He's like, I know this because I know you. Yeah. Way to pull it out, Jack. It's I deep. mean, I got yeah. deep. remember so shit like I that. Know. Yeah. So Hammond thinks about this for a bit. Uh-huh. And then he starts unlocking their handcuffs. And as he unlocks, uncuffs Sam's, he sees her injured hand. He's like, sorry, miss, did I hurt you? And she's like, it's Captain. <laughs> but I'm all right, Lieutenant. <laughs> so I like this part. And I, I have to share a little, a little experience that I had. Uh, so during my rewatch, I watched on my dinner break at work and, and one of our co-workers is former U.S. Air Force uh-huh. as well and so I went I kept yelling across the room and going hey hey where does captain rank above lieutenant he's like lieutenant is the bottom of the barrel <laughs> and I was like oh okay, okay. he's like hey hey where's colonel and he's like it's right under right under general and I was yeah. like where's general he's like that's it that's the tell like, okay that makes sense now there are like <laughs> carry on well there are multiple <laughs> levels of general though sure yeah that's what I imagine well there because there's there's like one star two star three Star, yeah, star. yeah, and he started general, telling general. me. And I, if I remember correctly, Hammond is a two-star general. Yeah, oh, okay. If I, if I remember correctly. And he started telling me more things, and I was like, I, I'm done listening. I'm, I, you answered <laughs> all the questions I needed to know. You all the things I need to know. <laughs> yeah. But I do remember something about lieutenants being called Butterfingers. Because that's what their bar looks like. Oh, it does. <laughs> it is. It's like two, it's like two, um, what are the, the, what's. The the sugar the cakey thing with the cream and the Twinkies. Twinkies. (laughs) Blank there on my brain. Um. Anyways, and a terrible American doesn't know Twinkies. I don't like Twinkies. (laughs) They're kind of disgusting. They're also kind of like an American favorite. They're kind of disgusting. I want to just have a nap on it. Like it's so spongy. (laughs) Like I want a bed of. Twinkie. You no. wake up with like a Twinkie on your cheek. I don't <laughs> want a bed of Twinkies. <laughs> eat my way into it. Into this is like, an awful oh, direction we're going in. <laughs> Not worse than when we went on an entire thing about having a grill on your oh, six yeah. pack what? abs. Yeah, don't ask Some questions. Grace goes into weird. I haven't gotten to that episode yet. Yeah, you're being lucky. So Sam asked to see the note from Hammond. And Jack's like, look, I don't want to hurt people. I just want to knock them out. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and and Hammond's like, will this help you? And pulls out a Zat gun. Yeah, it'll do. <laughs> yeah. So Hammond calls for help because the dangerous foreign agents that he guards sure, have now yeah. inexplicably <laughs> fleed themselves, as Teal suggests. And they take him out fairly easily. Um, all their gears in the next truck coming up, so they hide. The truck slows down, so they see the first truck on the side of the road and all of the men down. Okay, so I just need to really point out really fast that it would be impossible in this time period, like right now in our lives, for four foreign agents to be transferred by three people so incompetent. Yes. Yeah. That would yes. never happen. Yes. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, let's move agreed. on. Very I fair. just have to point that out. Yep. Plot device. Plot device. <laughs> um, so the, but the, the second truck comes up, they come out to see the people. They quickly take out the entire second truck as well. And Jack climbs in the back of the second truck, stacks up all the boxes. I didn't, if I remember correctly, I don't know if they show, but I'm, I know they grab uh, one of the GDOs out of the box beforehand, because oh, okay. um, we see that later in the episode. Got it. But hits the boxes three times uh, with the Zach gun to disappear them. Okay. And Jack asks Hammond if he has any cash. Mm-hmm. A bit. Great. Jack grabs it. 
He goes, I'll pay you back with interest. You know this is going to come back. Yeah. Like, okay. once he says that line, it's yeah. like, okay, how much is it going to be? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, you just time traveled. Why do you forget that? If I didn't have so many other things to look up, I would have backtracked the interest <laughs> rates to see how much money he actually took from <laughs> Hammond, but I did not. So, and she, he's like, one more thing. Sam points out that he has to keep this secret, everything, for the rest of his life. Um, but, you know... He is liking this idea of General Hammond, and Jack apologizes. He's like, what I'm about to do is going to save you from a court martial, and he hits him with his act on. And the team runs off. And done. And I just want to claim again that this guy is an amazing young Donna's Davies. Yeah, absolutely. I really dig the accent. Yeah. And uh, it's nice to see what General Hammond would look like with hair. Yeah. Because <laughs> I always wondered, it's like, that man doesn't look like he ever had hair. But I guess at some point. So in the woods, not the Colorado, New Mexico looking woods, <laughs> um, the plan is to find the Stargate. That's it. Elegant in its simplicity. That's um, all. There's one in Antarctica, which is a fabulous plan. Huh. Uh, and they, you know, once they find it, the note is how they get home, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the note's not really explicit in anything. Yeah. Uh, he had to be cryptic to not change yeah, history. Yeah, the note doesn't exactly have a diagram no. of instructions <laughs> no. on it. It just means that on August 10th at 9.15am something will happen, and then it'll happen again at 6.03 the next day. They just have to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, can I just say, at this point, why would these times not be a military time? That's you true. know Hammond does everything in military time. I don't even think he knows regular time. Exactly. Like, these should be a military time. <laughs> Fair. Fair point. So maybe he knew, well, even then, even if he knew that the team would get a hold of the note, it would still be military. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. What? So they they reach the interstate and a beautiful red Corvette goes by. in trouble. Yes. That's all. Beautiful red Corvette goes by the interstate. Um, And we learned Daniel was four and a half old years old in 1969, which doesn't make any sense. You can't be four and a half years old for an entire year. I'm just assuming that he meant the August of 69. He was four and a half. Um, and this February. is about the time where everybody crawls into a ditch and makes yes. the girl stand on the road yes. with their finger yeah, out. And I'm like, this is the most freaking sexist thing I've seen in this episode at all ever. It is. Yeah, it's just absolutely horrible. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm just happy they didn't like make her pull hike up. Exactly. I but, actually have expected them to say, yeah. hey, just unzip a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that is wrong with but, and, and this is like a highway. Yeah. A narrow highway. It's an interstate, yeah. <laughs> um, so Jack goes, hey, Sam, stick your thumb up for a hitch. And the rest crowd down to the side of the out of sight. And Daniel's like, we should go to New York. That's where Catherine is. Uh, the one person outside the military who might know where the Stargate is. They'll have to go in disguise uh, so they can still meet for the first time when they naturally do. Uh, they can play to be foreigners because he's like, I speak 23 languages. Pick one. <laughs> And uh, Catherine did say she started her research in the late nineteen in the late sixties, so maybe they're the ones that gave her Thank idea. You. Yeah, we were the catalyst, the casual loop concept. Yeah, of, you know whatever happened, history happened. So Tilk is tired of all these vehicles passing Sam. This is very ineffective. So he decides to stand up and be a bit more direct about it, and just stands up in front of a painted bus with his hands out. <laughs> He's just gonna stop it, which is effective. <laughs> uh, and they open the door and. And they're like, well, we would have stopped, man. And they, <laughs> then in the door is the perfect 90s TV show stereotypical hippies. Oh, totally. In their stereotypical 90s TV show hippie bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, now, I, I do want to point out real quick. I yeah. love the way style and fashion yes. repeats itself. Yeah. Because the 90s were not that far off from the 60s. No. And, and that van could easily go to Coachella right now. Yes. <laughs> That's all. Yes. Um, And they're heading to upstate New York for some big concert. (laughs) 
Hmm, I wonder what Woodstock uh, and they hop on in, and yeah. Michael. So my, my grandfather, my grandmother, actually went to Woodstock. By the way, really? What? That's awesome. She jumped in a car with a group of her friends and went to Woodstock and got really high. I'm sure. I have, uh, <laughs> I have a friend who is fairly certain she was conceived at Woodstock. Oh, that's Whoa. pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Michael tells Teal that he can ride up front with him, brother, and holds up a fist, and he juices himself as Michael, and Teal is now at liberty to reveal his identity. Far out. <laughs> um. We do have an age for Daniel. He was born in 1965, so he'd be at 34 in 1999, if my math is correct. Okay. Um, and I just love the reference here of of inviting Teal to sit in the front of the bus. Yeah. And the thought that the Teal is a Black Panther. Well, you know what? Here's here's the deal. It's the 1960s. Yes. There's a man. It's a very serious man. Yes, he's, uh, he's 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 clearly some sort of military just by yeah. the way he stands, yep, yep. the way he moves, the way he speaks, and and when the guy asks about the symbol on his yeah. head, he's like, "It's about slavery to false gods," yeah. and I don't want to talk right about on, it. Exactly. So right it's on, like, man. oh yeah, this dude is is not messing around. No, that's what this dude's about. Yep. <laughs> but and yeah. so no, I definitely like. I think Michael assumes that that Teal'c is yeah. He's like, okay, like you, you hail from Oakland. Yeah. I done, you clearly have done a lot of shit in your life, and we're, I don't want to cause any violence. Yep. <laughs> so we're good. Yep, we're good. Um, so as they drive, everyone in the back is just sitting awkwardly. <laughs> and Jenny's like, what What did you do? Um, Jack's like, we have a problem with the establishment. Jenny's like, I relate to that. Draft Dodgers. I love um, it, and I love how hard it is for Jack to say that. I know. Because he ultimately is is like that military man. As snarky as he is, he likes to play by certain rules. Which um, we'll see again later. And I also love Jenny really, really loves Sam's hair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jenny. Weird as Really Shit. just it's the love Sam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thing. yeah, no, I'm, I'm think Jenny would not be outside. If Sam gives any hints and, and the, you know, clues to oh, Jenny, yeah. Jenny is. Jenny's like, all of you to the front of the bus. Yeah. Except Sam. Except Sam. <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, Michael and I have a very open relationship. Yeah. I mean, he Come can join, join too if you're yeah. interested. <laughs> Um, and Jack's like, we could really use some cheap clothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this is what you were mentioning in the front. Michael asks, what that, what that thing, does that thing mean yeah. peace? And he's like, no, it means slavery to false gods. <laughs> he's like, what is it made of? Do not discuss it further. <laughs> yeah. And we're done. And, and so <laughs> then the conversation's over. Yeah. <laughs> well, he does ask if he went, Michael asks if Teal went AWOL. Um, and he goes after the concert you know, Jenny and I are going to head up to Canada. Yeah. He's like, you know, because of the war. And Teal'c's like, the war with Canada. Yeah. And Michael's like, no. No. Uh, okay, dude. Yeah. But you know what? At that point, he's so stoned that maybe he just yeah. was like, oh, maybe I just started wrong because I'm stoned. Yeah, he's stoned. <laughs> uh, and this is where the 90s sitcom montage music kits in. I'm, the jaunty, yeah. jaunty music. Yeah, I want to say that while the music was very jaunty, I don't feel like it was montage enough. It wasn't yeah, like, quite montage yeah. However, the montage song from Team America was playing it in my head. It was montage! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So then um, we get the beautiful headscarf. Oh, gosh. we get so we get we get some new clothes. I want Sam's outfit. I would yeah. rock that every day. Those Sam, pink sunglasses. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Yes. She hits this awesome like uh, hipster farmers market. Oh yeah. Like situation. She oh, hugs yeah. someone. Yeah. yeah. She hugs someone in the farmers market. I was like, this is weird. She hugs She's multiple like, people. So stoned. Like, <laughs> but not. But kind of has contact high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, what she, I'm thinking. Anyone in that band has contact. Well, here's high. what I think though. I think Jack has done his fair share of stuff. He's so he's like. It fine. takes him a long time yeah. to get stoned. It take, took a long time to get yeah, stoned. Yeah, and uh, Dan, Daniel is kind of like, well, he's kind of a dirty hippie already. So yeah. he's, kind of he's like right the in. academic hippie. Yeah, and so <laughs> Sam's the only one who's like, this is the greatest thing ever. Because here's the thing. Sam growing up with a father in the military, mm-hmm. wanting to always go into She has not smoked anything, yeah. gone near anything. No, she's She was square goody to choose. Like I was. I was going to say, like and a certain someone in this room may react. To I that. went, and I was not, did not have parents in the military, nor but, was I going to yeah. military, and I went to art school. Yeah, there you so, go. So, <laughs> um, and we get the travel across the country map. Yeah. Along with all this. Also really cheesy. Well, yes. And I love the great places we decided to stop, like Gary, Indiana, <laughs> St. Louis. Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah, we did stop in Philly, but that was kind of fun. And yeah. and uh, Jack is dressed like Dean from Supernatural. <laughs> well, yeah. And like just a greaser in general. The greaser jacket! That was with, yes. with this hat that I was like... Yeah, the colorful I one. I yeah. recognize this well, hat. Black with color on it. And I, yeah. and I could not find what the hat was a reference to. I thought it was like the pattern the same was on it at some point well i thought but i thought specifically it was something with south africa because i thought the saying there was a saying on there but i couldn't figure out and place it but i know i've seen this i know i've seen the design before i know i've seen it in reference to the things but i couldn't place it i you know i don't know it either i know i was trying to find it yeah but if anybody knows please please tell us um (laughs) tweet it out and then and then we come to the greatest part of this episode (laughs) teal dressed in the most amazing Jimi hendrix outfit with velour bell bottoms yeah and a fro he's a god it's glorious yeah and love my favorite is when they're uh he's standing next to um i think he's out by where they're trying to fix like whatever's going on underneath. Yeah, like, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's standing there like yep. arms crossed, yeah. sort yeah. of just like staring at what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you should be helping. Yeah. First of all. Second of all, you look so badass. Right? He yeah. does look amazing. You're kind of like that. Yeah. Nobody else in that show would look so badass in pink. No, That's true. no, no, no one else. Nobody could. Pull, nobody I don't even else. think Sam could pull off pink no. as well as he no. can. No, no, nope. <laughs> it's amazing. But he did hide his forehead thing. He did. So yeah. But no, seriously, he looks like Jimi Hendrix. He does. I dig it. No, I'm totally for it. I was very strongly attracted to the way he looked. Yes. I know. I thought that they all looked so tacky. (laughs) They did. But yet, here's the thing. Sam's outfit was ridiculous. But it's a ridiculous that perfectly would fit in my closet and I would wear daily. (laughs) I would wear that skirt to work at least twice a day. It's that boho chic. It's that, yeah. It's a boho chic. I just love it. Yeah, no, Um, my theory is that if if somehow they got stuck in that time frame and Teal got to stick around around he would end up making it out to california yes. or to wherever you find uh janice and jimmy oh yeah and be part of that crew and somehow become like their girl because yeah. to some degree he's spiritual he is in ways that they could attune to oh yeah no they he would yeah he'd have an interesting they would he'd have an interesting run with hollywood because yeah. he's he like you know as, as big and imposing as he is mm-hmm. he's pretty like go with the flow with some stuff yeah and they'd be like I'm gonna put you in pictures yep and then there'd be women throwing themselves at him or maybe yes. that's just what I want to see you'd <laughs> the alien yeah. Yeah. yeah 
Um, and then also we get the end of the montage, uh, Daniel teaching Teal'c how to drive, which <laughs> I saw this while doing my research, uh, the Stargate Wiki. Seasons, this is not a spoiler in any way, but okay. seasons later, someone asked Teal'c who taught him how to drive, and he responds that it was Daniel Jackson. He believes the year was 1969. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. So they carry awesome. that one, that little half a scene further. So. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Outside Philly, they camp in the woods, and Sam hands Jack a cup. And here's the thing. It's happened multiple times up till now, but I didn't, like, I didn't mention it. Uh-huh. You will always, you will never not see this now. Whenever Jack has a cup in his hands, okay. he looks down confused and picks something out of the oh. liquid. On purpose? Yes. <laughs> like, every single time he has a cup. Like, it's a... <laughs> what is it? It's like a nothing. It's just a tick. It's just every... He'll be in the briefing room, and he has a cup of coffee, and in the someone else is talking. He's in the background looking in the cup and picking something out of the mug. Like, like he sees hair, hair or something. Or yeah, every something. single time. Weird. Yeah, oh, now I'm going to keep an eye out for that. It's a constant yeah. thing. <laughs> that's super weird. I yeah. wonder if that's an, uh, a Richard Dean Anderson thing. It probably. Or if it's like a this is well, a Well, maybe he just does. thought it would be oh, no, like, a tick for the character. It's just like one of those inside jokes of who's paying attention. Yeah, keep, yeah, yeah. He did it once, then he kind of just did it again. He's like, now nah, I'm just going to keep doing this. See if anyone notices. Maybe he writes his lines in there. Yeah. He's like, I gotta turn the page. I gotta, okay, there it is. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Come to me. Um, and so the fire sparks up and Sam goes, flare. Solar flare. After the movie mission, she was asked to research alternative applications for the gate, including time travel. And okay. she was like, if a massive solar flare happened at the exact moment they're traveling by it, the wormhole could be diverted and directed closer to the sun because of the magnetic field. The increased gravity would slingshot them around the Earth, just like Star Trek for the voyage home. And during this entire conversation, you see their two best hippie friends yes. standing in the background, yeah. and they're obviously listening in, Can I? and none of them are paying any attention no, to the no, no. What the no, hell is wrong with yeah. you? This conversation where you know that these two other people are very close well, by. So you guys are They're military. Right exactly. Jack, you've been in war zones and you should know better than this. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely right. That um, was a little annoying. Yeah. So they they you know they never tried this before because flares are impossible to predict. Um, okay. Light takes about eight minutes for to travel from the sun to the earth. Okay. So by the time the light gets here, flares already over. Um, that's fair. And so that's what the times and the dates are. She's thinking solar flares. Hammond used her own research to figure it out. Uh, you know, or it could be why he asked her to do the research in the first place. Okay. And Jack's like, General Hammond, you son of a... And then Jenny and Michael have been listening this whole time in the woods because the team is dumb and talking in front of them. <laughs> They ask and observe obvious obvious things. They yes. start things for those reasons. They ask who they are, and Jack tries to ignore the question. Um, mm-hmm. And he's and Michael's like, travel between Earth and where? Seems like I was just an imagining. And Michael's like, no, no. He's <laughs> like, she's no a bad answer. liar. Yeah, she's yeah. a bad. She's the worst liar. Again, it's like me lying. Yeah. Like, I can't, I would not <laughs> yeah. be able to do this. That's fair. Um, and Jack's like, okay, it's it's true. It's They are running from the establishment. It's just not the establishment from this planet. <laughs> Michael and Jenny are confused. Jack's like, it's true. They came to Earth to hide among your people. We, we came to the Earth to hide among your people a long, to- a long, long time ago. And Daniel catches on and finishes from a galaxy far, far away. Oh, it's like, okay. And it's... <laughs> and You're it's- laying it on a little thick, buddy. <laughs> and from this point forward, he lays it on real thick. So he's yeah, like, yeah. a place called New York. He's really enjoying, yeah. He's yeah. really enjoying this part. Um, and it's, you know, Jack's like, it's time to go home. 
Um, Daniel's like, we need to be a place called New York by tomorrow. And Daniel's suddenly <laughs> the weird alien thing yeah. is a bit much. He's, yeah, he's John Lithgow in Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> he <laughs> is, he is. <laughs> Michael isn't really sure, but Jack points out, Jack points it. Jack points his Zat gun at the fire, it flares up, and Jenny convinces Michael that they need to help them. So the next day as they travel on, uh, we, through the uh, through the map. Yeah, the, more map travel, more Indiana yeah. Jones style map yep. travel. We see a newspaper <laughs> headline for August 10th, 1969, saying yeah. Nixon's vacationing in the Summer White House. Also a headline about the Sharon Tate murder. <laughs> well, that part is true. So here's the deal. Uh, uh, the Sharon Tate murders did happen. The family Manson family murders happened on August 10th. So how, because this is August 10th, right? Mm-hmm. So unless there was an extra edition put out, kind of a day off. Okay. <laughs> uh, should have been in tomorrow's paper, but that's okay. And uh, I do know that Nixon was in Vietnam as of July 30th. Okay. So... I'm not sure about that part either. I don't know what the summer White House is. Well, I know that there's summer vacation homes. Yeah. You know know what I mean? Like um, Like Camp David. Right, exactly. But I guess he could have come back from South Vietnam and been like, I need a fucking vacation. Probably. But yeah, so that's very much possible. Um, Also within this time frame, um, on the 4th of August, which is I think just a really cool tidbit, that is when, and I don't know that it was very successful, but there were secret peace talks. Okay. Uh, with Henry Kissinger, who at that point mm-hmm. was American diplomat, Secretary mm-hmm. of State, um, with Zhuang uh, Thuy, or Zhuang Thuy, I'm not sure that I'm pronouncing hey, that you're properly, pronouncing it better than I would But think. who was the, uh, basically, spokesperson for North Korea. Okay. Uh, they were in secret peace talks in Paris on the 4th of August. Okay. So it would make sense that our military was on very high alert. Yeah. That day, this is also that's the day we la- then our you guys would think there. that they would employ three more <laughs> intelligent people exactly. to transport I, these four. Well, and, uh, it's just I would think that they would do a better job. Yeah, and you know we didn't mention earlier. It's it's worth pointing out the reason they're so uh, worried and assuming that they're Russian spies is because 1969 is definitely also the height of Still the Cold the War. Still the height of the Cold War. Like this, but basically Cold War is, at this point, I, I'm sure because they are secret talks. Yeah. our military doesn't know no, what's I'm happening, sure. but they know. Hey. Be on high alert yep. because shit's going down right now. Yep, yep. Um, so they pull up to an observatory, uh, and Sam's like, remember to use the hydrogen alpha solar filter? And Jack's like, yeah, otherwise I'll burn my eyes out. I know. <laughs> They're there to confirm the solar flare. Uh, and astronomy is a hobby of Jack's, but not quite on the scale of this massive telescope. No kidding. Meanwhile, Daniel and Sam go to talk to Catherine. Mm-hmm. So a <laughs> younger... <laughs> this scene, guys... Yeah. A younger Catherine welcomes in. Really awful yeah. <laughs> yeah, welcomes him in. She's wearing her pendant, uh-huh. uh, and Daniel slicked back his hair. Though it's not a good look for him. No, but I guess it kind of helps with the whole German thing. Y- it's yeah. kind of the look. It really does. It but helps it- with his character in that scene. Yes, and it is awful. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Him. It is not a good look no. for him. I prefer hippie Daniel. Yeah. And Daniel plays uh, the son of one of Catherine's father's co-workers, and Daniel has the most horror insane yeah. German accent. Yeah, the only thing more awful than the hair in that scene <laughs> is accent. that accent. Oh and now, God. for a man who speaks however many I languages, <laughs> you would think he'd be able to pull off the accent oh a little bit better. Oh my God, this, it's like half the time it slips into like a bad Russian at yeah. some point too. Like it's just, no, it's, it's, it's bad. Yeah. Like, are you Boris all of a sudden? Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? And this is the Get moment. Get the moose and square. Yeah. This is the moment that I'm actually thinking, wow, the outfits in this episode are 
are awful. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> awful. And yeah. yet also right on point. Like, yeah. So on point. Yeah. But, but not any better. <laughs> no. I think it's because there's a dedication to the awfulness. I will say. Also, that's the name of my new album. <laughs> <laughs> I will a say. Dedication to the awfulness. Grace, I can see you wearing Catherine's dress here, though. Oh, I can totally be wearing that Like, dress. you yeah, would wear that dress to work in Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Grace doesn't wear pants. Except nope. for today. Except for today. <laughs> Those aren't pants. <laughs> no, these are, yeah, they're pants. They're kind of like pants. <laughs> <laughs> Almost pants. <laughs> um, and so, Daniel tries to get information about the second uh, artifact near the one discovered in 19. 1928, and Catherine's asked, what do you know of it in German? And Daniel says, um, there was references to note to notes about a doorway to heaven. Catherine gets a little nervous now. That's when you go, no, no, it's a stairway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did that song come I'll out? That's gotta be out at this point. It's yeah. a stairway with a blue watery gel that reminds me of Alex Mack. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> wow. Uh, and then in German, Daniel says that they oh found... Oh my gosh, Alex Mack. <laughs> I also want to point out that I did not come up with that one. That was boy friend Phil. You know what's like now be, because of Alex Mack, you know what just popped into my head and we'll what? be there all day is the theme song to the famous Jet Jackson. Yes. <laughs> the famous Jet Jackson. That's all. You're welcome. Um, so in German, Daniel was saying that they found part of a cover stone that matches the one found in 28, but there's nothing underneath it. The artifact was already removed. Uh, and Catherine's like, well, we always knew there's a second device to control the ring. Um, they continue to talk about the history of it, Ernest Littlefield, yada, yada, yada. Uh-huh. She says that right now the Stargate's in some older armory in D.C. just collecting dust. It's pointless because the military won't even acknowledge it exists. And Daniel's like, which armory? <laughs> and thankfully, that's the end of the accent. Mm-hmm. Thankfully. Um, so back at the observatory, it's showtime. We see through the telescope a solar flare. He tells Teal that at 6.03 tomorrow, they are going home. Outside, the bus slows down long enough to pick up Jack and Teal, and they jump on and they're off. So um, I want to know if the hippies actually made it to Woodstock. I would assume that they made it to Woodstock. Oh, absolutely. Because Woodstock sure is, did. what, like the 14th? It's the 15th to the 17th. But yeah, so they so have yeah, time. They have plenty of time. They have okay. time. Yeah, because that's one thing I was really concerned about is that if that actually yeah. happened. Or they not. leave on the eleventh. They drop them off on the eleventh, so they have they have days to get up there. They'll be good. Right. Um, good for them. Jack tells them that the theory is confirmed. It's solar flare. They have to be uh, in DC uh, and find the gate. So again, we travel via map and music again. They're cutting it close though. If they can't find a power source right away. It's my favorite way to travel is by map and music. Yeah. Like, some people like to fly. Yeah. I'm all about map and I music I much travel. prefer map and music travel. <laughs> um, Jack and Daniel tell Michael and Jenny that they have been very groovy. <laughs> I can't, guys. I just can't. Um, the and way they said it, though, is, you've been really groovy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, is like that someone's dad yeah. was, yeah. like, trying to blend in with the kids. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's absolutely yeah. true. It was bad. That's absolutely true. And so, and, and he's like, well, the people of their world will be very grateful. But not the establishment, though, of the world. <laughs> but they have to go the rest of the way on their, on their own now because it's dangerous. And Michael wants to go with them. And, you know, like, the t- you guys owe us. And... <laughs> Jack's like, you guys, you look, you belong here. And he tells him that this is a great time. But Jenny interrupts him and says that Michael just got drafted. And they're going to the concert first as one last blast. And he's like, I don't want to kill anyone. 
that's why he's going up to Canada. Um, and Jack tries to tell him something, but Sam interrupts him and reminds him that he can't say anything. He has to make up his own mind. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, we're going to go the rest of the way on foot. What would he have said? That's a good point. That's what I want to know is what he would have said. They say their goodbyes and their hugs and they part ways. So I, the only thing I can imagine he would be saying is that the the knowledge that, you know, the war is going to end soon. Now, granted, it's still a couple years off. Yeah. That's, um, and by, isn't it by like 69 they were, or the end of 69 or 70, they're starting to pull troops out already? So as of July, uh, early July of, of 69, mm-hmm. Nixon orders troop withdrawals. Now they're not gone, but they're no. pulling them out of the center of the country to yeah. the, kind of just supports around the areas. So they're, they're reducing the amount of, of And they're not on the deaths. front lines They're as not much, on the front yeah. lines anymore. Um, so that could be something he said to them, um. It could be part of the fact that I think that's just the biggest part because the truth is the war doesn't officially end until seventy three. Yeah. Right. Um. And and we have troops there until about seventy five, I believe, when, yeah. when the fall of Saigon happens. Um. But that could be part of what he's saying. Now, also, Jack is a military man, so he could just be telling them, "Here's the deal. Here's why we need to be part of this." Yeah. Right. So we're part of the military in yeah. the future. Exactly. So what I thought he was going to say something along those lines too is that like yeah. Hey, this is the military. This is your country. Yeah. You're taking what you have for granted. Yeah. You need to get out there. It's not going to last much longer. Yeah. Exactly. Because of the way he says, look, and then he gets yeah. cut off so drastically. Right. Yeah, right. It just sounded like he was going to get like into a passionate rant about military. Yeah, like, yeah. As someone who, you know, Jack does seem like someone who would have been. He served a, in, in Desert Storm, didn't yes, he? Yeah. yeah. But who would have like, been a, who would have been you know none of those people who's not a fan of the draft dodgers and, right you know right but it seemed like it was going to be less logistics and more along the lines of passion yeah, yeah. and joining the military do and yeah. doing it yeah. and yeah. less it's like part of your duty as an american yeah yeah, yeah exactly um so i tried to look into some of the information about the draft and i will say I did not a small amount of research on this, and parts of it are still very confusing to me. Sure. But the first draft lottery, which is when most people are imagining 69, imagining Vietnam, and they say the draft, I think what they're thinking about is this big lottery. Mm -hmm. It happened on December 1st of 1969. It was the first one since World War II. So when he's saying I got drafted, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're just, they're referring to this lottery or what they're talking about. Um, but it's weird because it's early. Yeah, and so what it what the draft in December first of sixty nine it determines the call order for nineteen seventy. Mm-hmm. There were basically three hundred and sixty six to include the leap babies mm-hmm. um, blue capsules in this big glass container, and they picked them up one by one and applied to men eighteen to twenty six. Um, and so basically they picked them out and they put them in order. And so the first one picked was September fourteenth. So right. if you were born on September 14th, you were the first people in 1970 to be called up to be to be drafted. Got it. Um, and there were over 30,000 people left the country to avoid the draft. Um, although, um, I find, this is something I didn't know. A lot of people just kind of assume that majority of the people in Vietnam were those people who were drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, two-thirds of the soldiers in Vietnam were volunteer. Well, and if you think about it, 69 is towards the end of the war. Yeah. Because uh, I believe we started sending troops as early as well. This is this is overall apparently yeah. overall in in Vietnam. Two thirds were volunteer, whereas yeah. only in World War Two, only a third of the people were volunteers. Yeah, yeah. two thirds of them in World War Two were so it was like the reverse. In. Yeah, exactly. So I wonder if 
people started realizing everybody's leaving. Nobody wants to do this. This is hippie time. Everybody's, everybody's, you know, getting high and hanging out and not yeah. really wanting well, to go to the war. I, so are people volunteering more now because they're afraid that we're going to lose the war if these people that are actually being drafted are avoiding the draft? I think what's happening here is there was so many volunteers at the beginning because there yeah. was... We didn't know what we were getting into. Yep. This was post-World War II. We're still pretty when, confident when the, in who we are. When the as, war as started, a majority of the country was, like, behind it. And I think the reason we needed the draft in 69 was because people were like, fuck this noise. I know what yeah. this is now. You can't. I'm not the, doing the it. The public opinion dropped drastically. Yeah. Like, drastically. You're also getting short on guys. And, yeah. And, and, um, I mean, I think it, if I if I remember correctly, and, and these numbers might be slightly wrong, but by the time of, of 69, 70, there's only like, there is Two, like two thirds of the country is against the war, and yeah. there's something like forty percent are like strongly against yeah. the war. So this is really you're getting to the point where you're not going to get any more volunteers. Exactly, and so they need more men. And you need right. men. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. And so at, at this point, college campuses really are essential point for the protest for yeah. the whole anti-war movement. You know, burning the draft card. Right. You know, all this kind of stuff. Um. And. And again, I was going to go into the more of the anti-war movement, the peace movement, but again, that would have been this whole other long thing. And <laughs> we there's could do not an entire time. podcast on, on 1969. Just, yeah, on this year alone. Yeah. In fact, I took an entire class on the 1960s. Yeah. It was hours and hours and hours exactly. and hours. And we didn't cover everything. Exactly. It was just it's a crazy big decade. decade. Yeah. So one kind of cool fact, because it applies, he says gonna, they're going to head to Canada. In May of 1969, this is why they're going to Canada. In May of 1969, Canada announced that immigration officers wouldn't and could not ask about an applicant's military wow. status if they showed up seeking permanent residence in Canada. Um, Was that because Canada did not support the war? It, Canada, it's, it's not that Canada didn't support the war. It was more of, I pr- don't, I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure Canada didn't have a draft. And so they okay. saw that, they saw these people who were so desperate and they're like, look, we can't accept you, but we're just not going to look at you. It's like, right. I'm looking the other direction if you... Well, the idea is if they don't support the idea of a draft, then exactly. they can't support America. They exactly. can't force people to exactly. be part of America's draft. Right. Um, and so coming up actually in, in October of this year was the more... more, more, more Torium okay, so to say, end the war in Vietnam demonstrations, which is a huge thing. Here's what I found thing. on the wiki about Canada and Vietnam War. Yeah. It says, Canada did not fight in the Vietnam War, and diplomatically, it was officially non-belligerent. So it was Switzerland. Yeah. Okay. Got it. There you go. I, that's the thing I didn't know. That's mm-hmm. fair. So that, that's why everyone's running to Canada. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, and now the selective service system uh, is, is still a thing. Um, you still sign up. It's basically in place as a contingency plan okay. in case they ever have to bring the draft back. Got it. Um, all men 18 to 26 have to register. Um, actually, June of this year, the Senate voted that it should be everyone, not just men. Okay. Um, although the law, spe- the law in place does specifically say male persons, oh. which is why I think before now people haven't been like, well, equality, girls have to sign up too. Right. But they're like the law, they, they wrote the law, it specifically yeah. said males. So, um, and How does that work if you identify as a male? 
Here, I have no clue because what's interesting. Well, I wonder what they go off of. Is it medical records? So and that's like bio, biologically. Yeah. So yeah. what if what if I had a sex change? What if I then sexually I changed would, to be a male? Yeah. Would I would I have to sign up for the draft? I now? believe so. I think yeah. so, and especially now because they just well before they probably would have had a medical uh, a medical waiver while you didn't, uh-huh. um, but now because they just uh, are allowing transgendered. Um, um, men and women to serve in the military, right. that probably is going away now. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a whole nother ball game now. Yeah. Well, what's really it's interesting is I checked their website. Well. Yeah. I, I checked their <laughs> website and there's no indication on the website as to how a draft would work now. Okay. There in, I checked like the fact section, like the info section. There is no indication besides you have to sign up. It's the law. Holy you must thoughts. sign up. I like ice cream. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, although I did find out, according to the site, that their annual budget is $22 million. Oh, Jesus. So, okay. Yeah. So, back to the episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Standing in the center of the warehouse, like it's waiting for them, is yeah. a Stargate-shaped box. <laughs> um, it's like, how do you, when you go to, like, U-Haul for yeah. moving supplies, you're like, I need a Stargate box? Yeah. You know, like, it's really big. Yeah, it's, like, like really narrow, like, but it's really tall, narrow, square. But huge. Yeah. Uh, and they zap one guard, and they run up to the gate box and start climbing the built-in ladders on either side Which of the box. Which was pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> it was pretty freaking awesome, but I'm like, Daniel, didn't you say a couple episodes ago that you were afraid of heights? Yeah, you get over that the real quick? To, to do that, yeah. And they start unlatching the locks, and conveniently, the giant doors fall on either side to, to dramatically reveal a Stargate and have ramps now. It's I feel very like nice and very Stargate, dramatic. the Stargate, like... Shoved the box off and went, ta da! I've been waiting for you! I did love that moment. That was yeah, a pretty, it was a pretty great moment. Pretty awesome. Moment. So, they, um, their plan is to go to the same place. They're going to go beforehand, P2X555. Hammond uh-huh. must have picked flares on the opposite side of the sun. So sure. They know that they would go forward in time instead of back, uh-huh. naturally. Sure. The main point is they're 15 minutes away to their only chance to get home, and they have no power. Jeff's yeah. like, fine, how much power do you need? So, they hook up a couple of Jeeps to to the gate, and Danny and Tick are manually dying the gate. Sam and Jack are revving the engines of the Jeeps. Mm-hmm. Uh, a military police walks in, because he hears the noise from outside, and is like, what the fuck you guys doing? And um, he walks in just as the Jack and Daniel are, or Teal and Daniel are jumping out of the way, and the gate kabooshes, and he points his gun, tells him to stop. Another guard comes in from the balcony. Jack shoots them both with a Zat gun. Pretty sure he misses both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, timing isn't exact, but they have to go now, and they jump in through the gate. Although they, <laughs> Jack does jump, like, three seconds later. And if timing is supposed to be exact, wouldn't that mean that Jack comes out of the gate at a different time? That's true. You would think, well, you know, it all evens out inside the wormhole. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, it's it like when you play Lego Dimensions and yeah. that, that while it's loading, yep, you have yep. the wing kind of flying around. I yeah. halfway expected somebody to get shot. Yeah. yeah. I'm really surprised. Well, because they come shot. through the gate and there's still bullets coming through. Yeah, too. I was so surprised nobody got That's shot. That's true. Um, but they, they come back into the gate room, but it's a bit darker and emptier and stuff is packed away. And yeah. weird. Um, not good. Yeah. And the door opens and Old Rose from Titanic walks in. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Catherine? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. I so, thought it was Catherine again. I think no. a lot of people, yeah, yeah. She she greets them all by name, and she hardly recognizes Daniel with hair. And I was like, please, <laughs> Daniel, always have hair. Yeah, oh, God, no. no. <laughs> Jack uh, Jack asks if they know her, and she's like, Sam, is, Sam will recognize me. Uh-huh. It's Cassie. It's Cassandra. Yeah. So um, who the heck is Cassandra? So, okay. <laughs> Cassandra is a young 
young child. She is like 12 years old to them in 1999. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is the sole survivor of her own people on another planet that was devastated by like a plague, mm-hmm. essentially. Okay. And she's the sole survivor. Um, and the Gould kept her alive and unbeknownst to her, planted essentially a bomb in her chest yeah. to destroy Earth. It, and she it's like, became very endeared to Sam. Yeah. Um, and at some point, Sam had to be the person to basically explode her deep yeah. inside the minds like, of our They, they didn't Sam. know how to stop it, so she had to take this young child down an elevator because it, she's like, her. the bomb in her heart was multiple times the power. Like, like it would destroy the So then yeah. why is she alive? Because there at is the this end. thing... In the end, because she wasn't near, it, it activated because she was near the Stargate, and so she needed because the Naquita that runs the Stargate to activate the bomb inside. Her. Yeah, and so because they took her a distance away from the Stargate, she was fine. Um, her the bomb like turned off, and basically it, she her body then absorbed it because there was biological stuff wow, in there. That's super intense. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was, so it was essentially the bomb was some sort of chemical reaction, and, and so I thought it was her daughter or something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, and, but, in a lot of ways it. It is. It's like an You're adopted, right but Janet, the doctor at the SGC, has adopted Cassie. As her So as her Sam is essentially her aunt. Oh, yeah. Kind oh, that's of. That's adorable. Yeah. yeah. Adopted people. It is yeah. the sweetest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. So, and that's, and also because it's beneficial that Janet adopted her because, you know, she's top secret essentially as to where right. she came yeah. from. Right. So, yeah. Right, so that's kind and of important. so everything yeah. it stays all where. But where wait, apparently her cover story in the family. Her cover story is she's from a place called Toronto. Yeah, and <laughs> Jack bought her a dog because it's a rule that every kid has to have a dog. Yeah. And I said dog, every, every and, and dog. Kaylee's ears popped up. Yeah, uh, she's like, I'm a dog. And her butt's wagging. I'm a dog. Are you a dog? She's a dog. Yep, she's a dog. Um, dog. And so Cass, Cassie's like, I've been expecting you my entire life. Um, they entered into the Stargate a few seconds too early, so they sent them way into the future. And when Cassie got old enough, Sam explained everything to her and how she would greet them here today. So she's been waiting her entire life to help them here at this point, at the end of her life. So she activates the gate with a fancy giant ring, some very nice bling, and tells them that their journey is just beginning. <laughs> and they head through the gate. We also see that Sam is smart enough to have grabbed the GDO from the gear, gear earlier and sent in the code. I didn't catch her doing this in 1969 when they went through just a couple seconds ago, but I'm assuming she did, so they did get splattered <laughs> on the iris. Yeah. Um, in 1999, there's an incoming traveler. It's SG-1, and Hammond happily tells them to open the iris. Yeah. They've, they've made it back thanks to a sparky young Lieutenant Hammond. <laughs> and Hammond, um, he, you know, he knew when to send the note because of the cut on Sam's hand. He's been waiting for this moment his entire life. He almost didn't let them go, but that would have changed the course of history. Sure. Um, and it's going to be a long debriefing. And <laughs> also, Jack, with interest, you owe him $539.50. Nope. <laughs> nope. That's um, gonna be not fun. Nope. <laughs> on a complete fun random thing, there is a novel called Mobius Squared. And apparently in this we learned that the fact um, the fact that Hammond knew he was going to send that note to the future, that he okay. was going to be a general, he okay. was going to live through Vietnam, is what caused him to take this huge risk to save Jacob, Sam's father, oh. in Vietnam. Wow. So had he not known that... So I think in this novel, something happens and he doesn't know that he sends the note or something like this. Okay. And so he then, in effect doesn't take this risk to save Jacob mm-hmm. and ends up bringing back his body instead of Whoa. living Jacob. So therefore, no Sam, Sam 
Yeah. Aww. That's really awful. Yeah. My heart. Yeah. Holy moly, this episode. Jesus. So. Everybody take a deep breath. Yeah. (laughs) And we didn't even cover it all. Yeah. I know. Um, (laughs) Next up, next, next episode is actually called Out of Mind. And it is a clip show. It's a season finale. But it's not as bad as politics. Okay, good. It's a more entertaining clip show. It's a season finale. All right. So. I'll say a season finale is a clip show. It's, it's like. That's lame. That's pretty. So this is the season finale. Kind of, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of half a season finale and it is the first half of a two-parter. Okay. So you do okay. get plot and story in there, fair. but yeah. Very fair. Uh, they probably spent a lot of money on this episode. Yeah. I mean, those costumes in that <laughs> Holy crap, there's so much in this episode. Yes. But it's fun times. Could it you imagine, like, Hammond knowing that knowledge his entire life? No. I, no. Like, the fact that he's met them before and Props can tell to them. to him for having that memory. Yeah. Because I would have forgotten. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I well, to my brother fair, at the airport yeah. yesterday, yeah. so... <laughs> If you met people from the future, that's true. I probably would stick that. out in your memory. Yeah, I may yeah. remember that. Yeah, that would be. But yeah, what a cool thing! You know, just I, I love that. I love that we meet a young Hammond. I yeah. love this like time to play in the past. Yep. Um, I love that we touch on stuff about like we can't do this, we can't do that. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. the sixties. Yeah. I love the sixties. I love the sixties. Summer yeah. love, baby. Good yeah, year. And, he, and I, I, I love Daniel's shitty accent. <laughs> I love all of it. It's a great. This is a good episode. This is definitely makes my top list. Well, I'm going to tell you a not secret that yes. this is the top of my list. Holy moly. And it does not holiday as much as I love that episode off my list. You know what's really interesting? Yes. Is that's kind of where mine goes too. It, it goes, goes to the top of it the list. It goes to the top of your list? Because that's what Holiday was too. It was a fun episode. And it knocks Holiday and off your like, list well, as well. Holiday was fun, but this is like a billion this times This is like a billion times more fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was a really fun episode. Yeah. I actually, Yay. my last thought of the episode when I turned off my TV was, wow, these outfits were really bad. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. It's it was funny so to think cool. about that. Yeah. It was yeah. so cool. It was a really good episode. I it's this is this is one of my favorite episodes. This is one of my favorites too. Again, it's like blink to if you don't know Stargate, here Da-da-da. watch this episode. It is it is just like a piece of candy coated goodness. Done and done. And so, and I think I may also upload, because it is the 60s and yes. all of the 60s, I put together a tiny little playlist. Oh, because I, I really is a music person. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> With 1960s movies, you could make a top 500. Oh, yeah. You could yeah. make a top really 100. Can. You could yeah. make a top 50. You yeah, could make yeah. a top everything. Yes. So I narrowed it down to 10 songs. 10 songs from 1960s. Yeah, but I will give you guys one little one little bit of what's on the playlist just because it seemed so important that this be on there. Yes. It does have Space Oddity on. Of course. <laughs> I would be upset it should. if it Yeah, no, everything else will be up to you guys to find. Okay. But we'll put right. it up on our right. Facebook. Yep, we'll put it on the Facebook. We'll have a, a, a Grace's 60s <laughs> playlist for you. Done and done. Um, top 10 desert song playlist. Yeah, in the called? 60s, yeah. Okay. My top 10, I'm stuck in this. I'll find some sort. I always yeah. find some sort of shitty. There you go. <laughs> so it's it's like, it's kind of like uh, if you watch um, Orange is the New Black when when What's-Her-Face had to hand, or Piper had to hand What's-Her-Face, like the written out mixtape. Yes. Because they yeah. couldn't like actually make a mixtape. This is what we're doing instead. We yeah. can't make you a cassette mixtape, so we're yeah. giving you a playlist mixtape. Here's your internet playlist. <laughs> Here's the list. Go find them and build it yourself. <laughs> also, when we post it, feel free to comment back with your favorite songs from the 1960s. Done and done. Uh, and people can add that to their playlist. Yeah. Alrighty, so I think that's it for today. 
Yeah. Um, you can find us on the Twitters at Tara Podcast. Yep. You can also find us on Facebook at There's No Place Like Tara. You can email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. And we want to thank Amanda for being here. Thank you for having Yay. me. Yay! And we're going to have all of the coffee and we're gonna beer. We're going to continue. And I might have finished my coffee already. This Sorry. is going to... I happen. have very little of my left, so but it's okay. Let's, let's do all the things. Uh, you know, peace, love, peace happiness, everyone. Listen. We'll see you next week with Out of Mind. Bye. Season 2 finale. Bye.